So today, my thought kind of titling, more of him, less of me. John chapter 3, verse 30. Um, this is actually um, John the Baptist speaking here, but he must become greater, I must become less. This is Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. Some of John the Baptist's followers are kind of jealous and angry, like, hey, why are all these people following this other guy? But of course, he knew what was going on. And so that's going to be the overarching theme today is more of God, less of me. I'm going to start with a story about a boy and his car. Fun pictures, right? Um, so got a 16-year-old boy, we'll say, goes to his mom and dad, and he says, I'm getting ready to get my driver's license, and I think that I'm responsible enough to own a car. I'm asking you, can you please buy me one? And mom and dad say, wow, I appreciate the way that you approached us with this. That was very respectful and good. Let us talk about it, and we'll get back with you. He says, okay. So mom and dad talk, and they come back, and they talk with them. And dad says, okay, son. I, I, again, I like the way that you approach this. You are very responsible. You know, you're, you're a, a great young man. And there are three things that we would like for you to do before we talk about buying you a car, though. And son's like, great, yeah, lay it on me. What do you got? So he says, okay, so first thing is that owning a car, of course, costs a lot of money. So we want you to save up your money from the jobs that you have, save up your money, for six months' worth of maintenance on the car. Boy's like, no problem. Second thing is, we want you to, as much as you've done great in school this year, your Bible studies have kind of slacked off. We want you to get back into reading the Bible, doing your devotions every day. Son's like, that's great, I've been wanting to do that anyway. And the mom kind of rolls her eyes, and the dad says, and son, I know that you really like having your long hair. I would like for you to get a haircut. And he's kind of like, ooh. I says, but we'll talk about all that when you've got everything done. You approach us. He says, okay. So a few months go by, comes back, talks to the parents. He says, you know, mom, dad, I've got, I've got eight months worth of money sitting here. It's more than what you asked for. I've been, not only have I been getting into my Bible and doing devotions, I actually started a little uh, Bible study group with my friends, and this is great. And mom and dad say, that is great. And dad says, of course, well, son, that's awesome. I notice you have not cut your hair. And the boy gets a little smile on his face. He says, you know, dad, you wanted me to get into the Bible, and here's what I've learned. I've done Bibles, and I've done studies, and I look, and it seems like Moses has got long hair. It seems like John the Baptist got long hair. Samson, obviously, we know about Samson and his hair. I think even Jesus had long hair. So I don't think that it's okay for you to ask me to cut my hair. And the dad says, well, son, again, I'm happy you've been in your Bible, but there's something that you've overlooked about Moses and John the Baptist and Jesus and Samson. Son, all of those men walked everywhere they went. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, thank you. Um, no, it's, so the idea here is, and like that kid, I heard that joke, it had to be 20 years ago I heard that, and Still to this day, as I'm doing uh, different Bible studies on things, I find myself going back to it because there are so many times where I'm trying to force a message out of the Bible, right? I've got, man, I think the Bible says this. I think God wants me to do this. And then I go into the Bible and I say, 
How can I prove myself right in here? And, you know, like the boy, right? And that is so clearly and obviously not the way to go into a Bible study or anything else, really. But, um, and so I'm going to read. I'm going to turn around and read off the big screen here. But uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 14. Uh, this is out of the NIV. Um, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit preaches or searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. If we are going into a Bible study for any purpose, whether we're looking for direction in our lives or we're looking to uh, put together a message or looking to... um, you know, teach a lesson to our kids or whatever. If we go into the Bible with our idea and our knowledge and we try to prove ourselves right in the Bible, we will come back out with a lesson that is our knowledge. And that may or may not be good, but it's certainly not godly. Um, And so part of the reason that I actually changed the message that I was going to try to talk about today a little bit is the message that I have been putting together. Um, Actually, my wife questioned to make sure that I wasn't doing this exact thing. Um, Like, hey, this message has been on your heart. Are you sure that this is God's message right now? Um, And I wasn't sure that it's God's message right now, and so you're not hearing that message today. Um, And so uh, we'll move on from there. We'll get back to some of the thoughts a little bit later, but... Uh, We do have one more story here um, of the clever camper. So this time, we're going to picture a guy. He's at work. He is an atheist, um, proud of it. And he's got a co-worker who is a Christian and joyous of that. And they're talking. They do all the typical talks that, you know, a a Christian and an atheist may have. And the Christian kind of challenges the guy. He says, you know what, I'll tell you what. Let's go out camping this weekend. We'll get away from everything that we're used to. We'll get away from the world. We'll get away from the noise. We'll go out in God's creation, and we'll look. Um, You believe that it was just naturally created. I believe that God created it. Either way, we should enjoy it. So the guy says, okay, let's do that. So they go out camping. That's him. They're doing a little hike, right? Um, Oh, you know what? Before I get too far in this one, though, I forgot. I need to ask somebody to help me with this one. So somebody who's not shy... I need you to, anybody who's not shy. Oh, yes, Craig, okay. Now you, can stay, you can stay in your seat, but here's, here's the fun part, right? When I point to you, you are just going to know what to do. It's a lot of pressure, right? All right, okay, so this is going to be fun. He's going to be so mad at me later. All right, um, <laughs> so... They go, <laughs> they go out camping, um, and they set up camp the first night and have a campfire and hot dogs and the whole deal. Go to bed. 
They wake up the next day. The atheist wakes up early. He says, boy, this is a nice day for a hike. I'm going to go out and enjoy this beautiful scenery that we've got. So he goes out, and he gets his pack on, and goes out, and he's wandering all around. He's just loving it. You know, you got the creek going by and the trees and everything else. And he uh, starts to think that he might be lost. He's getting a little bit nervous, but he's still okay. He knows the general idea where he's got to get back to, so he's all right. But then he hears a bear. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. All right. So he, he hears the bear, and now he's very scared, right? <laughs> uh, bet you'll never ask me to be up here again, will you? Um, <laughs> so out of the weeds, out of the bushes, the bear pops out. Now the guy's obviously terrified. And the bear comes leaping at him, and it's just about to jump on him and attack him. And the, the atheist man cries, and he says, oh, God, help. And silence. The bear stops. The wind stops. The leaves stop rustling in the trees. The water from the stream stops. There's no sound. And the clouds open up, and the man hears a voice. And he, says, and, and he hears, how can I help you, my son? And this guy, he spent my whole life not believing in God. I, I mean, okay. I'm not going to be one of those people who just at the last minute be like, oh, yeah, let me be a Christian right before I get eaten by this bear. Right? He's, not, he's not going out like that, so, but he's clever. And he says, God, I can't pray for you to make me a Christian, but make the bear a Christian. So the clouds close back in, and he's like, uh-oh, what just happened? I don't know if it worked. The wind starts blowing, the leaves start rustling, the water starts you know, blinking along, and he hears the bear snarling again. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. Um, <laughs> but then the bear stops. It's got him pinned down on the ground, and it stops. He puts his hands together. The bear, this is the bear. He puts his hands, his paws together here. He says... Dear God, thank you for this meal that you have given me through this <laughs> so, uh, so again, clearly I, I joke. Um, but <laughs> um, another, and again, I, I had heard that a long time ago, and that one stuck with me too, because we in life get to different places. And I think as a non-believer, right, I think... Two big things really can get in the way of accepting who Jesus is, who God is, and who that makes us. Uh, maybe it's more than that, probably, but pride or shame. And the answer to both is the same. Um, you know, you can be the, it, it, this could be the prideful atheist with the bear on him saying, oh, I, you know, I refuse to believe, or it could be the man filled with shame. Because I have spent my whole life ignoring you, and I don't feel like I deserve your love now. And the answer to both is the same. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 5 says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, 
We were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So be it shame, be it guilt, be it pride, be it anything else, God's mercy and his grace are the answer to either one. Um, and the interesting thing about that to me is I so clearly see that as a non-believer, that makes sense. But even as a believer, how often can we get caught up in our pride or our shame? And, you know, okay, we still have God's grace, and we haven't lost that. He hasn't turned his back on us and walked away from us. But how much do we often wander away from him? Um, and again, just recognizing that, I think, can really help clarify, hey, this is where I've been, and we've all been there. Um, so now I will answer the question that everybody has been asking, and what in the world am I sitting on a puzzle piece for? Um, <laughs> you don't actually maybe sitting on it, but it's right next to you anyway. Um, so <laughs> the puzzle piece is scattered throughout. If everybody go ahead and pick yours up and just take a look at it. Um, what kind of, what do you see? It's a, first off, it's a small kind of puzzle piece. And I hadn't actually intended for this to be one of the things we might connect to out of this, but sometimes you might need somebody else's help to see exactly what our piece is. But um, what, anybody had, see anything on their piece? What do you notice about it? It's green? It's green or it's blue? Gray, brown. It's got lines, all right. Squiggles, so squiggles, lines, green, blue, brown. All right, so they're not the same piece, so anyway, that's, that's pretty much what we've learned, yeah. Um, the puzzle piece is, hopefully, <laughs> um, significant in a couple of ways. But one is, God gives us a piece of the puzzle, each of us, um, and so let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I'm reading out of one of the newer versions of the NIV, so the words are probably not quite exactly the same as what most people have in front of you. Um, a slightly different translation. Cool. I will read uh, 4 through 11 first. Uh, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Um, and I love that. Going back up to the verse 7 for a second. Now each one of the manifestations of the spirit is given for the common good. So God gives us little pieces. God gives each of us different gifts, different strengths. Um, and he does that 
for the common good. It's not this person doesn't have this gift to make this person happy, good, rich, whatever. God gives that person to that, or that gift rather, to that person for this. It's this body. Um, and even beyond this church, it's other believers. Um, we'll go on, uh, read 12 through 20. Just as a body, though one has many parts, talking about a human body here, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Um, you know, we had talked about a lot of things the last couple of weeks, um, you know, different different things that God's laid on, on uh, the elders' hearts, um, and we've talked about just a lot of different things that uh, this church does as a body. Um, and so that idea right there of, you know, if you have a whole bunch of people doing one thing, you are not successful. Um, God has, again, given us each a different piece. If we put those pieces together, we start to have a much better idea on what the actual picture is. You know, what does God want from us? It's real hard for one person, be it anybody in this room or Shane or anybody else, it's real hard for one person to, to really fully recognize and realize what's God's vision for this body. Um, but you start putting all those pieces together, you start getting a much better picture. Um, and then, if you see the picture, that's the uh, picture of the puzzle that those pieces came from. When you see the full picture, you can also start to realize a little bit better, maybe where does my piece fit in? So you can start finding real value, real answers, real uh, support for, okay, this is my little piece that God's given me. That's great. And where does it fit in? And then as you start to work with other believers and start to really grow the body, you start, okay, I've got a blue piece. It probably goes over there somewhere. I've got these little squiggly lines. Maybe it's, right? Um, so that is the, uh, pretty much the end of my message today. Um, I do want us to read uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. Um, we'll read that first. One page back from where we were probably, depending on the Bible. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Um, now that's, that could be a really intimidating passage to read. And I know we've, most of us have probably read that or heard it read a lot of times. Um, but just one quick clarification. This does not say do not eat of the bread or drink of the cup if you are unworthy. That's not the message that's being given here. Um, Right, Because either none of us are worthy or we're made worthy by Christ. So it's not about it's not an issue of being worthy. It's the manner in which we do it needs to be worthy. And so with that in mind, um, while the elders come up, um, I would like us to take a moment while they're passing out the cups, um, just silently. Yeah, he's nice now. Um, just to uh, spend a silent couple of moments here um, examining ourselves. All right. Um, We are a little bit short of where we normally are on time. That's intentional. One, I can't imagine anybody can bear to hear my voice for any longer than you already have. Two, um, I would like, instead of everybody running out doing the things that we have to do, we've got birthday things going on, we've got stuff going on, I know everybody does. But what I would like, what I would challenge everybody to do, is spend a few extra minutes now, at the end of service, before we get on to the rest of our weeks, with each other. So whether that's in here or out there, grabbing a snack, taking the kids upstairs if you have kids who want to play games, um, we probably should get the kids from their classrooms. But outside of that, um, I I would challenge everybody to stay just for 10 minutes and uh, just talk with somebody you haven't talked to in a while or maybe ever. Um, And that's all I've got. So thank you.